On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll check in on an injury to one of Fantasy's top performers. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, April 6th. I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Not the way we want to start off this or any other show, but, um, uh, you know, we're all uh, waking up to the news here of a Fernando Tatis Jr. injury. He left the uh, Padres game against the, the Giants uh, on Monday night, and I, I think it's probably best termed as a, an arm injury because... Uh, as you pointed out, as we, we discussed this, uh, he's, he's clutching his wrist, but we've also uh, seen it termed as an elbow or even a shoulder injury. He's had some shoulder issues. So uh, what's what's the latest here? Unfortunately, we have not heard any sort of update since Tatis left the game. We're recording this after midnight, so midway through that game on the West Coast. But you know the way the injury happened, Tatis swung and missed at a pitch, and it looked like he followed through a little more than usual, like the, like he hyperextended something or possibly tore something in his arm. Obviously, we're hoping that it's one of those things that looked a lot worse than it actually was. Uh, for now, we assume day-to-day, Haseon Kim took over for him at shortstop upon his departure, but this could be a huge blow for the Padres if Tatis is going to miss significant time. It absolutely is. So, uh, as you mentioned, Kim taking over for him in this game seems to be the clear alternative to Tatis if he does have to miss uh, a lot of time. Um, do you see any other scenario here for the Padres? Uh, and uh, would Kim be somebody that you would now look to add to your fancy roster? Yeah, Kim's definitely on the radar if Tatis is out for a while. I wonder if they would even play Cronenworth there a little bit. I mean, because Tatis is so good, they didn't have to really rotate that spot, even though they can rotate everywhere else. So I think they can leverage that depth and mix and match. It might not be one guy that collects all that playing time. It might be a couple players who are getting 80 or 90% shares getting bumped up to the 90 plus percent range in terms of their playing time to offset that loss. All right. And and for our fancy rosters, again, unfortunately, we have to be thinking about this. Uh, Kim would be an option there as well. Maybe Jorge Polanco. Anybody that stands out is uh, somebody who could be available uh, maybe in 12-team leagues. Yeah, depending on the depth of your league. I mean, Jorge Polanco would be a nice fit. He's not really going to have to compete for playing time in the short term because Luis Arias is filling in for Josh Donaldson over at third base. Uh, Similarly sized leagues, Paul DeYoung. Might still be out there. He's a little more power heavy, so that's a little tricky. I mean, you, you lost the balanced player in Tatis, so you want to add a balanced player. Obviously, no one is going to play at that level you're going to get from the wire, but just having a little bit of everything across the board might be what you want. Uh, I would say Kevin Newman is pretty interesting in Pittsburgh as well. If there's a path for him to regain his 2019 form, he could be worth a pickup in some deeper leagues where you might have lost Tatis. And then there's a rookie in Arizona, Geraldo Perdomo, uh, really good plate skills. Maybe the kind of guy to come in and at least steal some bases. I don't know if there's going to be any power there in the short term, but in really deep leagues, he might still be out there on the wire. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So there are some options out there, and uh, we need to move on and talk about some other injuries. 
Uh, Austin Hayes is going to the injured list. In fact, he has already gone on the injured list with his hamstring strain. Orioles recalled Ryan McKenna. He made his debut on Monday. Um, doesn't look like he'll necessarily be the the long-term solution there because DJ Stewart could be activated as soon as this weekend. And there's no timetable for Austin Hayes. So I guess there's a couple of angles here at DVR. And one is, uh, is Hayes somebody that's worth stashing with an indefinite timetable? And is Stewart somebody to pick up at this point? I don't think Hayes necessarily has to be stashed in mixed leagues. I think in AL-only leagues, of course, anybody could, who could have a regular job is worth holding on to. But I do think DJ Stewart is pretty interesting once he gets the opportunity. Uh, power is easily his best tool. I know he came up in a a stat cast breakouts piece that Mike Petriello wrote up about a week or two ago. Uh, we saw it in the shortened season, seven homers and 112 plate appearances for the Orioles. It probably flew a little under the radar because he hit 193 last year and he struck out in 33.9% of his plate appearances. But DJ Stewart has shown a patient eye at the plate. He struck out less than that overall during his time in Baltimore over parts of three season. And there's opportunity. There's clear opportunity for him to take a job and run with it in Austin Hayes' absence especially. So probably some reconfiguration going on in that outfield. I imagine Cedric Mullins plays a little more center field uh, with Hayes down, uh, but I could see DJ Stewart being the net winner in terms of the extra playing time that's now available. Well, as I mentioned on Monday's show uh, with Michael Beller, Stewart was sort of one of my guys going into this year, but when it got down to uh, picking up some players off of Fab... I cut him in a couple of leagues, uh, so now I need to go back and get him, I think. <laughs> At least to those uh, 15-teamers. Uh, and then we've got an update here with the Marlins. Eliezer Hernandez, he has gone on the injured list with biceps inflammation. Uh, on an earlier episode, we had talked about Nick Neidert. Uh, at one point, talking about him as a fifth starter candidate, obviously... Um, he didn't break camp in that status. Uh, but now it looks like Nider. Well, first of all, he is back with the Marlins now. He has been called up and he is a candidate to start in Hernandez's place on Thursday against the Mets, but he's not definitely going to be the starter there. According to Christina DiNicola of MLB.com, Daniel Castano and Braxton Garrett are also being considered there. So with that uncertainty, is there anybody here that you like or at least worth, you know, maybe just tracking over the next few days? I think Neidert's the guy that I'm watching most closely. I'm not sure I believe Castano is going to be really effective. I could see him maybe being a really matchup-dependent streamer. And then Garrett, of course, has some prospect pedigree. He was a seventh overall pick in the 2016 draft. He'd be the guy that I'm most interested in if we find out that an opportunity for him is going to materialize. But really, I think the focus has to be on Neidert for the time being. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, and then another Marlins note here, Garrett Cooper also went on the injured list, but it's the, the COVID injured list. He doesn't have COVID. He got the COVID vaccine. He got a second shot and had a reaction to it. So he could be activated anytime. This is not a 10 day situation. Uh, so Garrett Cooper out though, indefinitely with a reaction to the vaccine. And now, uh, moving on to some, some better news. The Oakland Athletics, they have recalled AJ Puck, although his role is uncertain. So, He's always intriguing in whatever role he might uh, be in. But let's say it's uh, like a follower, bulk reliever type role, DVR. Does he have appeal for you if that's the way that uh, he winds up being used? I like him a lot as a follower, but that really requires him to have the opener going in front of him. So if they commit to that and we know 
Sergio Romo or literally anybody is going to pitch the first inning and then we're going to have Puck take over in second and go four and change. I'm absolutely in because I think the ratios could be good. The strikeout rate will be high enough for him to make an impact and you'll have that probability of getting wins. Uh, But I do think Puck is pretty interesting if they have that optimal sort of usage for him to maximize the fantasy value of the innings that he is able to give them this year. All right. Well, let's take a look at some pitchers who have actually taken the mound uh, recently here and some outstanding uh, performances from them. Not necessarily where you would have expected it. Uh, Steven Matz on Monday against the Rangers, six and a third innings, nine strikeouts, just one walk, just one run allowed on two hits. Uh, Sinker really seemed to be working for him a little bit uh, harder than what he threw last year. But bear in mind, this is his first start of the year. So that's a, a velocity maybe that Matt's could build on uh, in the coming weeks. Is this a situation where you just go out and take a flyer because of how good he was in the first start? In 15-team leagues where he wasn't already picked up, I would consider it. But I think he was scooped up because he's got a two-start week this week in a lot of those formats. So he's probably gone. In 12-teamers, I think he's really matchup dependent at this point. We've seen very good Steven Matz. We've seen very bad Steven Matz. Uh, definitely a Jekyll and Hyde sort of pitcher over his career. I think he's pretty dependent on two pitches, and I think that's been a big part of why he's been so inconsistent. So if you look at the upcoming schedule, if you were in a league that's not weekly, even with the great start against Texas, I don't think I want to throw Matz at home against the Angels. That Angels lineup is very right-handed and very dangerous. You, know, you look ahead to next week. At KC is probably a soft enough landing spot. I think you got to pick your spots carefully in more shallow mixed leagues with Steven Matz, uh, encouraging the velocities up a little bit. And just to the the broader point, I mean, I think if anything, I've learned that Texas is absolutely a team you want to stream against and a park that you can stream in. Uh, now, as far as the two-star pitchers for this week, one who was certainly popular was Jordan Montgomery and really paid off for the people who uh, rostered him went against the Orioles in this first start on Monday, going six innings, uh, scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, no walks for Jordan Montgomery. And uh, through 25 changeups, more than one out of every three pitches for Montgomery and nine swinging strikes on those 25 changeups. So very encouraging there. Yeah, Montgomery was a guy that I liked quite a bit this draft season. I kind of think he's a underrated member of that Yankees rotation clearly pitching in that stadium he's going to have occasional bad days it's just the way it works Uh, but being able to feast on the Orioles is absolutely very nice next two times out he catches the Rays once on the road once at home so it'll be a good test for him plenty of swing and miss though in that start against Baltimore so an encouraging start if you were a believer like I was in draft season on Jordan Montgomery And Trevor Williams making his Cubs debut against the Brewers. Pretty impressive. Just two runs allowed over six innings, six strikeouts, two walks, and a lot of whiffs here. Just 85 pitches, but 17 swings and misses for Trevor Williams. Yeah, the Brewers, especially outside of American Family Field, they have a lot of similar parts to last season, and they were among the teams that led the league in strikeouts last season. So you're going to get a boost on guys that don't miss a lot of bats ordinarily. I think Williams put that on full display for us on Monday night. All right. So uh, again, we have a chance to see second starts from all these pitchers this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they they follow up. And just really quickly here, DBR, I, I want to talk about a piece that um, I just recently wrote for The Athletic on max maximum exit velocity and maximum distance leaders. Because at this point, you know, everybody's played three or four or, you know, maybe five games. It's really 
you know, pretty much ill-advised and very difficult to make any kind of, uh, you know, give any kind of advice based on in-season stats. But uh, Alex Chamberlain did some work in the off-season looking at uh, max exit velocity in particular and how that actually just that one data point can tell us something. And I know it's something that uh, Eno's written a little bit uh, too. And so a couple of players really interesting to me. Sam Hilliard, who's barely played, hasn't started a game yet for the Rockies, and yet he's among the leaders in both um, uh, max exit velocity and max distance because of the home run he hit against uh, David Price, a lefty no less. And Michael A. Taylor, who's off to a really good start and is playing and hitting with a lot of authority. So are you intrigued by this one data point for either of those hitters? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the few things that we can even look at and and draw any sort of conclusion from this early. I I think it gives us an idea of raw power or a power ceiling. So if you're thinking about scouting grades, you you see game power and you see raw power. I think max exit velocity kind of walks with that raw power number that we see. Not surprised to see Sam Hilliard on there. He's tooled up. There's legit game power and raw power and speed. I don't know why the Rockies don't make it a priority to give him playing time because he's interesting. And a lot of guys they give playing time to are not nearly that interesting. So (laughs) hopefully it's coming. Hopefully the home run off a lefty is the kind of thing that wakes them up and says, yeah, actually this Hilliard guy, maybe we should try him out for this year and just see if he's part of the future. It would be nice for us as fantasy players to see him get that opportunity because I think it's 30 home run raw power. We saw that in the minors. I think he could steal a dozen bases with enough playing time too, which is an extremely valuable player, even if the average and OBP come out a bit low. Yeah, well, Hilliard's getting dropped, so, uh, you know, and understandably so, but uh, maybe a good time to to get in uh, on him. But uh, before we wind up here, DVR, it is our Tuesday show. So every week on Tuesdays, we will have a gambling spotlight. So what do you have for us this week? Yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. I've looked at the AL Cy Young odds at BetMGM quite a few times. And Jose Barrios, who looked amazing on Saturday against the Brewers, plus 2,000 to win the AL Cy Young. And I think in the NL, you've got about a dozen legitimate candidates who are all reasonably low odds options. And I think it's really hard to predict who's going to win it there. In the AL, if you get past Cole and Bieber and Giolito and even Glass now, you can kind of tell yourself a story at long odds that someone like Barrios makes sense to win that award. He's on a team that could win its division, could have his best year yet, right? We could get bulk in terms of innings, Wins would follow. With a lot of innings, you'd get Ks. And I think we can get a low threes, possibly even a high twos ERA if everything breaks right. It's got a great defense behind him, right? You got Simmons at short, Polanco at second, Buxton in center field. Really could just be the year that Barrios consolidates everything. So just kind of a long shot, fun bet that really stood out to me. All right. Sounds good. And a good way to wind up this episode. That, so that's going to be all for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to us on a platform that lets you leave a rating or review, you know that we always really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here with you on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>